Next, we're going to listen in to the wonderful Pete Sims. For those of you who don't know, Pete is one half of our senior leadership team of our senior pastors that we love so very dearly. Pete is father-hearted. I always say it, but it's what he carries, just some of what he carries. And uh, as we listen in this morning, why don't we just open our hearts? Why don't we just listen in to all that he's going to share with us? And so, Pete, we are so grateful for you. You are a dear friend and much loved, and we appreciate all that you are. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? It is lovely to be speaking with you today. Last week, Nikki kicked off the new theme of Reset, and in her message, she began to outline Skylark Church's roadmap out of lockdown into the future that lies ahead of us. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to that message yet, please do. It's really important that we're on the same page together. In Habakkuk 2.2, it says, write the vision down, make it plain on tablets so that he or she who reads it may run with it. You see, we don't want the vision moving forward to be mine and Nikki's vision, our leadership team's vision. No, we want it to be all of our vision. And the great thing about vision is when we hear it, we can catch it. And when we catch hold of it, we can all own it and all run with it. And that's what we want to do into this new season. Please have a listen to that first message. Nikki mentioned that church, the reset of church at this time, it's being built and based around connection and community. We realise that that is vital to us. It has been vital during this last year. It's what we've been craving and it needs to be what church is all about and built around in the coming season. Connection and community. We also have realised that church is going to be hallmarked by going and growing. And it's going to be underpinned by the heartbeat and the how rather than by the doctrine and the dogma that can so easily divide and separate churches. And today I'm going to be zooming in on one of those three areas. I'm going to look at go and grow and particularly go. During this past year, when we've been forced by circumstance to stay home, to protect the NHS and to save lives, one of the things I know that many of us have missed is the opportunity to gather together on a Sunday morning. That opportunity to worship together, to hang out, to be encouraged, to be inspired. And we are so looking forward to the time when we can gather again, all being well, put it in your diaries, from June the 27th. Go and grow. I want you to imagine those in a big font. Go and grow. And I want you to imagine in a smaller font the word gather. Gathering is still going to be important to us. We will still be a gathered people, but that is not going to be our focus. The focus is going to be on going and growing. That going and growing will be fueled in part by the gathering. It's really interesting to me that back in October 2019, before anyone had heard of coronavirus, at that time I preached a message called Gathered to Scatter. You may remember that I used the example of a sports huddle and I want to explain what a sports huddle is again using a brilliant definition from Wikipedia. In sport, a huddle is an action of a team gathering together, usually in a tight circle, to strategize, motivate or celebrate. 
Commonly, the leader of, leader of the huddle is the team captain, and it is the captain who will try to inspire other team members to achieve success. Similarly, after an event, a huddle may take place to congratulate one another for the team's success or to commiserate a defeat. And I think that there is so much in there that sounds like a church getting together on a Sunday. A team gathering, that sounds like church. A tight circle, that sounds like church. Where people are motivated, where we can celebrate and be inspired. And back in 2019, I made up a parable. Okay, this is a huge disclaimer. This is not Jesus's parable. This is mine. The church of Jesus Christ is like a sporting huddle where a team gathered together in unity for inspiration, celebration, mobilisation, support, encouragement and a sense of belonging before being dispersed back onto the field of play. And I think that this is even more relevant now as we come out of lockdown three than it was when I wrote it. At the end there it said that we um, gather together in the huddle before we are dispersed back onto the field of play. And that is just like a Sunday and how things will be as we move forward. One of the best things about a huddle when it comes to church is that we gather to scatter. We gather to disperse. And we believe that that's what the church is called to do today. It's called to be a gathered people and a sent people at the same time. Gathered in small font. Go and grow in huge letters. Historically, some churches have been gathered but not sent. Those churches where it's all about the Sunday morning experience. Some churches are sent, but they never, never gather together. They just do their bits of building the kingdom in their settings, but never come together for that corporate moment. And we see a church that is both a gathered people and a sent people. A church fulfilling the great commission of Jesus when he told us in Matthew 28 to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Go and grow disciples. And that's what Go and Grow is all about. We want to continue as a church to be fueled and then sent out to our families, our communities, our workplaces to go and grow disciples. To invest into others. That's where the real business of church happens. It always has been. But we need to continue to challenge our understanding of what a church is. So we are going to gather to be refueled, to be inspired, to worship together, to enable our children to grow together in love of Jesus and of each other, building that community. We will gather to be encouraged and mobilised to go out into the world and grow disciples. To this end, we are having a little rebrand. We are going to be changing our time together on a Sunday morning. We're going to be calling it from now on The Gathering. So rather than saying, I'm going to church, we can say that we are going to the gathering. It's a small difference in language, but it's a big difference in understanding what church is. Rather than going to church, we want to reinforce the understanding that we are the church, that we gather to go and grow, to be the church out in the world. Do we have all of the I's dotted and the T's crossed? 
as to what the gathering on a Sunday is going to look like and what other areas and ministries in the life of church will look like moving forward? Well, that is an emerging picture. Pieces of the puzzle are falling into place, but we don't have the completed image just yet. And I want to let you know that that is okay. That is the way that God often does things. I want us to look at this for just a, a few moments, okay? Turn with me if you've got Bibles to Genesis 12, or it's going to be on the screen for you. The call of Abraham. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. In Hebrews, in the New Testament, the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, it's the chapter that's devoted to faith, defining what faith is and then talking about some of the heroes of the faith. Abraham makes that list because of his journey here in Genesis 12. It says this from verse 8, Hebrews 11. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Verse 10, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. I love this passage. The Lord said go. He then gave him some promises and Abraham went. Isn't that enough of a challenge for us today? The Lord says go and he went. I'd love that to be said of me. The Lord said go and Pete went. Stick your name in that sentence. 75 years old Abraham was at this stage and up for a new faith adventure. That's so encouraging isn't it? There is no age limit with God. Faith adventures are not for the young, they are for all of us. In this passage we see that the Lord promised to show him the way but he didn't promise to show him the whole route before he set off. You know, we have spoken the language of being on a runway at the moment, strapped in, picking up speed, accelerating to take off into the new things that God has for us. And many of us are thinking, where are we going? What's the final destination of this flight? God rarely gives us all of the details before we set off. He just loves the fact we're strapped in and ready for a faith adventure. As I said, we do have pieces of the puzzle, but we don't have everything yet. And this can be quite tough for us in 2021. We live in a try before you buy society. Let's think about restaurants. Quite often now, if we're to go to a restaurant, we may well check it out online first. Find out what the menu's like, what it looks like from photos. Perhaps we look at some reviews. What are the good reviews? What are the bad reviews? We, we try before we buy. The same can happen with days out. If you're going to go to a theme park for a day or even a beach, maybe we check out online what it's like, what's in the area. We try to see some photos and some reviews. Churches. People definitely check out churches now online first. And there'll be some of you who are part of our church family because you checked us out online first. 
that's just how things are nowadays. We can try and check things out before we buy. Happens with dating too, doesn't it now? Many of you will remember how we used to book holidays before the internet existed. I know, it's a long time ago now. I was trying to work out how long ago that was. I'm going to plump at 25 years, but I don't really know. But we used to just have the holiday brochures that are still available in the shops down the town now. But that's all we had. And maybe the hotel that we chose, and this happened for me sometimes, all you had was one little tiny picture of the outside of the hotel. There was no pictures of what the rooms were like. You didn't have a picture of what all the beaches were like. You just saw a picture of the outside of the hotel and thought, yep, that'll do me, and you booked it. And sometimes it was great, and sometimes it wasn't so great, but that's the only option that we had. This year, we are really looking forward to having a, a little break away in Dorset. Now we have booked in a very unusual fashion that the place that we've booked to go to has been newly refurbished. And there are other um, cottages in the vicinity refurbished by the same people. And we've seen photos of those and they look lovely. But we haven't seen photos of the one we're going to. I paid a deposit and asked to see photos and they said they'd get some for me, but they haven't come. And But they wanted the balance. So we had to make a decision and we thought, OK, we're going to do this. So we've, we've paid the balance and they've told us they're going to show us a photo of where we're going, hopefully a week before we go. Um, but we're not we haven't seen it beforehand and that's really really interesting what that did to me you see the photos of where we would be staying would give me the security that I kind of crave in booking something as simple as a holiday but isn't that how we're wired nowadays we want to have security about where we're going we have got so much of a plan and so much information of a place before we get there that we never used to have and that can really hinder us when God is calling us to go on a faith ad adventure, either individually or corporately. Because we, we're used to having the plan. We're used to being able to know what it means. Yet Abraham, in that moment, he said, go into the land I will show you. Let me give you another example. This is Moses' converse, conversation with God before he went to Egypt to set the Israelites free. You may know the story about the various plagues and which finished with the parting of the Red Sea is this story. Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God said, I will be with you. Moses must have thought, Phew, thank goodness. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. Now, you may know that I love this passage. OK, God, Moses must be thinking, what's the sign that it's you who are sending me? This is going to be good. God says, when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. OK, God, that doesn't sound like proof to me. What do you mean this is the proof that when I've done it, I'm going to worship on this mountain? How does that work? I think God's saying you want proof, but I'm not going to give you proof beforehand. When you've done it, you're going to see that I was right, that what I promised was true. This is what faith's all about. We can't see everything of the way forward, but we continue to trust and obey and step out on that faith adventure. This isn't simply about where we find ourselves as a church corporately. This isn't simply about stepping out into the new things of God as Skylark Church collectively. This is about you and this is about me individually. 
Are you willing to step out in this new season when God calls? Am I willing to step out in this new season when God calls me to? Without having every I dotted and every T crossed, Abraham left a place where the family was set, where there was certainty, where there was inheritance, where there was security. But he was willing to leave all that behind and be fully reliant on God. And that is such a challenge to us all. Do you remember the Israelites in the wilderness? I just mentioned Moses getting the people out of Egypt, the parting of the Red Sea. They didn't go straight into their promised land at that moment. They went to this wilderness place that was adjacent to the promised land. And they spent many, many years, decades in this wilderness place. And the Bible tells us they encamped around the presence of God. So if you can imagine in the middle, they had the presence of God and they built this tabernacle around the presence of God to, to hold the presence of God. And then they encamped all around. So God was right at the center, like the, the middle of a wheel and everybody was encamped around him. And when God was on the move, and this was evidenced by a pillar of cloud during the daytime and fire at night, the people would up and follow. It didn't matter how long they had been camped in this one place. They may have been there for weeks, months or even years. When God was on the move, they got up and they all went on the move too. They left behind the certainty and the familiarity of the old and they went where he went. Now that seems like it's very simple to do. But actually we get so grounded and rooted where we are that it's tough for us sometimes to move when God gives us that challenge. When the cloud or the fire stopped, the Bible says that the people would set up camp again. They would encamp around the presence of God, God right at the centre of where they set their lives. Sometimes in our lives individually, God is there, but he might be right on the edge because there's so much other stuff we want to build around that he's there, but he's not really central. The challenge to us is to trust God to be right at the centre of our lives. That's how Skylight Church needs to be. That's how I want to live my life. Not to be so set in the old ways of doing things that I can't move into the new season when God is designing and building a new thing. It said of Abraham that he was able to follow God because he was going to a city whose architect and builder was God. God is building something brand new and exciting, but he doesn't give us every detail before we step out. Otherwise, there's no faith needed. As Nikki said last week, as we reset, by definition, some things will reset the same and some things will be different. But in all things, we want to tune our ears to God and go where he leads. Abraham was so brave and had so much courage, leaving the known into the unknown, because he knew there was something new and promised ahead, even though he couldn't see it all in advance. And safety and security, they are so important to us. Are we willing to step out into what appears less secure on a faith adventure with our incredible God? I would suggest that the most secure place we can live is in the place that God is designing and building. The old is gone. 
the new hasn't been fully revealed yet. And yet God is designing and building something beautiful. He's designing and building something wonderful. Will we trust him? Our experience is that he will continue to reveal the next step and the next step as we step out in faith together and individually. So this is a season for us to go and grow. We will gather starting on the 27th of June. It will be our huddle. It will be our place to gather together in unity for inspiration, celebration, mobilisation, support, encouragement and a sense of belonging before being dispersed back onto the field of play. Before we go and grow disciples, fulfilling the mandate of Jesus' commission to us. And in the going, God is inviting us on a faith adventure, corporately and individually. Can we lay down our increasing need for a detailed plan? Can we venture out without seeing the photos? Can we trust him and go into the land he will show us? Let's allow God to be the architect and builder of our lives and of Skylark. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we want to be willing to go on a faith adventure with you. Lord, we dare to step out, even though you haven't revealed the whole picture to us. We know that one day we will be able to stand on the mountain and celebrate and look back and say, look what God did. Lord, we look forward to gathering together again, but may it never become our sole focus. May we remember that we are your church called to go out into all the world and to make disciples of all nations, to go and grow in big font and to gather in small. Lord, would you be our inspiration as we journey forward together? We put our hand in your hand and say that we trust you with our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>